the great and powerful Amy Cronk. What's up, my friend? How <laughs> are you? Great and powerful. That's okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what Joe Rogan does, and I've kind of wanted to adopt it as my own uh. Uh, without stealing or copyright infringement. <laughs> and one of our elders has started saying that to me every time he sees me. Mm. Anywho, welcome to the Conifer Community Church Podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Wesley Humes. My guest, Amy Cronk. Hello. It's wow. good to be here. It is great to be here. We are trying out some new equipment, so I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope it sounds crispy as it comes through your, penetrates your eardrums. Crispy and penetrate. Yep, so not, the best, very... not the best combo, but <laughs> we will allow it to be so. Okay. Anyways, uh, what's our conversation today, Amy? What do you, what do you want to talk about? Um, well, I'm the children's director. <laughs> yeah, you are. So... Oh my goodness. It's so good to have you. Yes. Um, sorry. I kind of, I might have introed that a little differently than you were expecting. Yeah, a little bit. We are here to talk about uh, children's and youth ministries. Um, so if you don't have kiddos, you're still going to get something out of this because you yeah. also play a role. It is not just for the faint of heart or those <laughs> that might have brain damage, as some people <laughs> think that I might. But everything is. Um, you know, we are a family. I think that's one of the main illustrations that yeah. Paul uses throughout his writings is the body of Christ. Yeah, we, everyone needs everyone. There's never a, well, this child is a child, so I don't have anything to do with them or I'm not called to them. That's not biblical. Yeah, not um, at all. And that, and it's just so wild to me to think that, you know, we, like it is different because we are looking mm -hmm. at it from, a church mindset. Like if we are saying yeah. we are a body, but yet I have it say and not, not say, but I have influence and power in your children's lives. You have two kids, yeah. am I correct? Yes. Nice. Yeah, a one year old uh, and a soon to be three year old. Who's going on 30. Uh, she started <laughs> some moments, some moments she's going on 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, all the words are starting to be used. So all of them. Yeah. So what has it been like for you as you've, you know, kind of been a part of this church and seeing the church come around your kids? Mm. Um, what has that process been like for you guys or, you know, more directly, how do you hope that we as, you know, the two directors that are yeah. directors and pastors that are coming and influencing this younger generation? How, like, what do you, what do you hope to see and what have you seen um, as we have grown and changed over these last, mm. you know, three years. Cause we've almost been here for three, three years. years. Yeah. It's just crazy to think about. Um, well, I, Conifer in general is, I think one of the few churches I've actually seen people reach out to kids who aren't necessarily the adults, not necessarily being in the ministry of children. Yeah. Um, I feel like we really do a pretty good job of, of surrounding our families. That being said, of course, we could do better. <laughs> yeah, because it's also a weird context. For those of yeah. you who don't know our ministry context here in Conifer, it's also one of those, like, people move to the mountains to kind of be left alone. Yeah. Like, a lot like, of introverts. Lots of introverts, which hurts my extrovert heart sometimes. <laughs> That's like, why no, we need you. Come be with me. <laughs> That's why you seek us out and keep us healthy. That is true. Um, but, yeah, we were, I don't know, I think, feel like today's, conversation is going to be formed around what we at the church are trying to do as you know Malachi and Zipporah get the opportunities to come and be a part of ministries but also as parents as you're listening like what do you what do you come to think about whenever you think about yeah this ministry here 
And so I think one of the first places we start out with is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And, you know, this, this is the Shema. And so we kind of start from a very basic understanding of what the church can be. Yeah. Um, from our perspective. And yeah. we've spent a lot of time talking about this because, you know, in Jewish culture, they would stay together and they would recite this prayer together as they were one. Yeah. As one family. Yeah. Like the whole community as one family would say this. Yes. And so that's, that's the interesting thing about uh, being a Protestant and being, you know, a <laughs> part of these different things is, you know, we don't have dogma. You know, what, what no. you and your family find very important uh, to teach your kids might be different than when I'm one day am blessed with a family, like what we get to teach our kids. Yeah. We, meaning me and my future wife. Hey, babe. Hope you're hearing this. <laughs> I can't wait to meet you. <laughs> right? Said everybody throughout all of time. It's true. Um, I just, I'm stoked. Yeah, but I think that's the space where we where we sit in today is, you know, what the the scaffolding that we are trying to create as as you and me yeah. navigate Conifer because I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, talk to me a little bit about the, like, when we preached together a couple months back, if you ever want yeah. more context of some of this conversation, go and listen to that sermon on May the 2nd was the actual date of when we did that. It so, feels so long ago. But it was only, like... It wasn't that um, long uh, ago. I know. A singular. <laughs> Wild. Uh, um, so, yeah, so I was going to actually say, Wes, since you mentioned the Shema. Um, So I was going to actually read it aloud for those who might not know what it means. Perfect. Um, So in Deuteronomy, we find, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And here's the part that really connects to, to, I mean, yes, that's important, but here we go. You shall teach children... Them diligently to your, so you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Um, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. So this prayer was was basically the lifeblood of the families and of the communities. And we said earlier that they would read that, you know, as a community. And, and that was, a, a, if my understanding is correct, that was a thing of Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Like that was part of, of that prayer. So everyone, they might not be in the same room, but they were all saying it at the same time around a similar dinner table with their families. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's I, think, I think the difference between old Israel and now um, is, is kind of what we've already mentioned is, is almost like an extroverted faith where everyone is there and part of it. And in Conifer, it's almost like an introverted faith where it might be within your family, but it's, it's yours and it's just you. Mm-hmm. And that's hard as yeah. a parent. I think it's also, you know, you were, you were saying it and I think I took it one step further. It's what mm-hmm. everyone is yeah. saying. Yeah. Like you could go, like we, we talked about this whenever we were going through it. Like you said, Hey, you could go down to the local market, mm-hmm. aka the grocery store. Yeah, and you know your son or daughter, or da- son or daughter, daughter or son could look up at a person, and that person could echo that prayer back to them. From yeah. a young age. Everyone knew it. From Everybody knew it. Like first words on. Yeah, and even like the part of prayer that we see that 
I don't know. I'm thinking about like praying at a dinner table. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that we all like we can do or I grew up doing. And so even now, like whenever I go to eat a meal, it feels a little unnatural for me to not pray. It feels so wrong. It does. Even in public. (laughs) Yeah. Like I know some people are really weirded out about praying in public, especially in restaurants and stuff. But that's something like to me that is like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is just what we do. Yep. We, we say grace. We say, thank you, God, for these for yeah. this bread. And I think that is that can be an easy correlation to what the Jews were dealing with in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Is that this is something that they would do together. So mm-hmm. even like singing the national anthem yeah. at a, Good a sporting analogy. event. Or, yeah. Or I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that we all do. Yeah. Like, you know, like we all stop at red lights. <laughs> well. Sometimes. We're supposed to. Depends on what time of night it is. Because if it's 2.30 <laughs> in the morning. And there isn't anyone coming. And there's no cops. <laughs> we're straight through that bad boy. Uh, I'm a good person. I promise. <laughs> I believe you. Um, but yeah, so I think that is the identity. And again, we're, we're talking about this from a church perspective. This is mm-hmm. all of us coming together. This is not just you yeah. as a mother or Stephen as a father's yep. responsibility. This is Wesley. Yep. me as well being a part of that responsibility for the for the growing and maturing and understanding mm-hmm. of your children yeah and the children in this in this faith yeah and so yeah i think that's an interesting perspective because then it even goes past just you guys it goes mm-hmm. to all of our kids yep yeah all the kids in in our ministries in my ministry and yours yeah because i deal with teenagers yeah. love them Mm-hmm. so much <laughs> um but i say the best and worst part of my job is sixth grade boys because they're Aww. so much fun and i love them but then there's sometimes where it's like you're barely even human but i still love you <laughs> and you know we whenever we went through our sermon recently we talked a lot about you know the ability that all of us come together um to be a part of this and this is us talking about it from a thirty thousand foot perspective is seeing you as the listener being a part of this conversation yeah yeah it's it's not just my responsibility as the mom to raise my two children it's not even Wes's responsibility as the youth pastor just to be the sole spiritual voice into the kids in his ministry this is it doesn't work that way if that if if Wes is the only voice in his youth they and they don't see it in their parents their faith is not going to be nearly as sturdy as if they have the voice of mom and dad and Wes and hopefully some other good um, adults in their life. Yeah, because the transition there is, it is, you know, we are, we are not an isolated faith. Like no, we used that we're term not. introvert, extrovert earlier. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I get rubbed the wrong way because I'm like, it's how you regain energy, not how you socially <laughs> act. But there is the truth there where we see that you know, we need to come together and be unified mm-hmm. in the outpouring towards our, towards our, towards our kids. Because yeah. if we're not, they're only hearing it from one source. Yeah. And, and they- for parents out here there that might be listening, like, I hate to break the news to you, which I'm pretty confident you've heard before, but <laughs> you know, this world is interesting and there's a lot of the culture that is telling them yeah. a very different thing. And so exposing them to other people and other faiths 
and you know other believers is mm. vital to yeah. their understanding because I have met people and I don't know you this is kind of an interesting question yeah like when you came out and have been on all of your travels so mm-hmm. for the can you can you tell our listeners what what you've done like where you've gone where have you traveled where to and yeah just <laughs> kind of some of your bits of your story oh uh, okay um so i grew up in colorado went to college in iowa which was a god thing um the year after college i have my bachelor's is in um english education i'm supposed to be a, a high school english teacher so i spent that first year in bahrain actually in the middle east um at a school teaching uh english to kids who were who were pretty fluent um both in ninth grade and twelfth grade um and then i came back and i have basically been in, well, no, I've been in Colorado for a while, went to seminary, and then I went to Cincinnati for a year, and then I came back. So life is crazy. Yeah, um, and, I, and all of that exposure has taught you just the different variations of what our faith is. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, and how some people who would, would say that they are Christian, and then we sit down and talk theology, and from my theology, they are nowhere close. And it's very scary. It's so like, scary. <laughs> Dear Lord, help them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was even thinking about the joke that we said in seminary, because this is a super seminary joke. Mm. Everyone talks about October thir- or October 31 being Halloween, yeah. Day of the Dead, Dia de Morta, uh, anything like that. And us seminary people would be like, no, that's Reformation it's Day. Reformation Day. That's Reformation. That's when Martin Luther hammered his 99 <laughs> theses to the wall of the church and mm-hmm. said, we will be heard when everything changed yeah and so because of that day we see this giant spectrum yeah and i think it's it's understanding the ability to work within that because even if we looked in jesus's times or even with within judaism there is a spectrum because Mm -hmm. we read in that passage in deuteronomy where it said tie the words to your forehead yep and there's actually video of jews whenever they go to do passover having the shema written in a little box on their forehead yep i think they have some on their wrists too absolutely and so there's that there's that reality where even through that piece that there is a spectrum and i think that's the beautiful thing about our church Mm. and if you're listening to this you've probably been to our church or experienced conifer if not you should come on your next vacation (laughs) our services are currently uh nine it's nine at the moment. Nine at the moment probably will change soon. Yeah. Check uh, our website. Yeah. ConiferCC.org. Anywho. So when we think about that, I think what we, we see is we have served a very wide group of people and theologies that we cater to whenever we are talking mm-hmm. at our churches and like yeah. in this church. And so I think that exposure is huge. Mm-hmm. Because it allows children, and I'm, and I'm really saying children, for the elementary age to start to ask the questions of yeah. what they believe. Yeah. Because I think that's one thing we, we have had a lot of conversation about and would love to help air this out yeah. on air is helping our children and our students to understand their faith. Yeah. To make it their own. Yeah. Yeah. And we do that a lot. Like, Amy, I'd love for you to kind of talk about um, just different ways you have seen that, whether it's through story or mm. through even baby apologetics, um, <laughs> as I call it, because it's funny. 
Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Someday I'll write that book. Uh, you're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> It'll be a picture book. It'll be pretty. <laughs> yeah, like how have you, you know, there's there's the, there there are the literal baby steps. I yeah. know it's a terrible pun, um, <laughs> but, you know, we teach the faith, but then there's also the space of conversion, we hope, and we, we see these young children begin to understand their faith. Yeah. But then where does it begin that we start like poking and prodding and like helping them understand and work through some of the nuances that is Christianity? Well, hopefully from day one, honestly, because the better the kids are at asking questions and realizing that um, it's okay to ask questions about their faith, uh, the more I believe their faith is going to be resilient as Mm -hmm. they get to high school and college. Um, so even in, not so much in the preschool, preschool, we focus a whole lot on story and music because I don't know if you have noticed, but probably you could still sing the songs to Father Abraham or, Father Abraham. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, uh, Zacchaeus or any of those like little kid songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of story and theology there that if you teach it by song, they're going to keep it forever. Um, so in grade school classes, I'm starting when I write the lesson plans, we add questions at the end. So that it almost starts opening up the door in their mind of going, I can ask questions too. Mm-hmm. If someone else can say, hey, we're going through David right now. Um, what, is, what, what do you think it felt like for David to have to run away from King Saul? Or what do you think it felt like for David to know that God had anointed him king and yet his best friend was supposed to be king? Mm-hmm. Like to start asking those questions here so that they can start feeling comfortable, hopefully asking the bigger questions when someone at in their play group or at school um, asks questions about Jesus and going, he raised from the dead, right? You told me that that's ridiculous. No one comes back from the dead. That's that's yeah. That's, Cause they're dead, dead. Yeah, exactly. That's that's elementary kids wouldn't use the word fantasy, but something along those lines. Yeah. And like, even in that, I've known some people who don't do like within their Christian faith yeah. that don't do Santa or don't do some aspects of fiction because mm-hmm. of that idea of like, they don't want to compare that for their kids to yeah. um, what potentially could happen with their face. Yeah. Which yeah, is exactly. what neither here nor there in another podcast <laughs> entirely. Yes, sir. <laughs> because fantasy is a great place, but it it's is true. different between what we are engaging within our face and what we use for escapism. Yeah. But speaking of that storyquest.com, go <laughs> visit it. Go visit it and get ready to go on your own adventure. It's going to be awesome. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go find the website. It'll be great. You might figure it out from the website. <laughs> Anywho, uh, we are you know, still thinking about that of understanding what it means for these kids to own it mm-hmm. in their own way. Because when we even get to, to middle school, like eighth graders and seventh graders are doing complex algebra problems and yeah. even starting to move into like geometry and pre-cal and stuff like that. <laughs> so glad we didn't do that when I was in middle school. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're not doing pre-cal in middle school, but they're starting to move to like algebra one and geometry and yeah. some places, some kids are doing like algebra two. And it's interesting to me that we can teach them that, but then we also have to struggle to help them understand the nuance. And I also yeah. get it. Hundred percent. Math is so much easier because you can say either you got the question right or you got the question wrong. Some people would disagree with you. You you get further along. They're like, it's it's not about right or wrong. It's about the in between and how you get there. And 
Exactly. I was a math teacher for a year. I will never teach past seventh grade math. I'm just saying that right now. But You're going to be a calculus teacher. Who knows? Nope. I never took it. I never intend to. (laughs) You're going to learn how. But we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe not uh but what but i think it's it just draws that question to you and to me of how do we how do we begin to give our children these bite-sized things yeah but also we're staying in scripture of you know being able to help them grow in their faiths yeah and what does that look like for us because i know with us we we have talked about you know in a couple months ago uh, the New York skyscraper people who build skyscrapers mm. reenacted a picture that was taken in the 1920s and they reenacted it or 1921. And then they recently just reenacted it a hundred years later in New York. And it was wild to me to see, you know, the, the structure and the bones of a skyscraper is what keeps it up and what keeps yeah. it, you know, moving and molding. And we could talk about trees and nature and how, a tree cannot grow yeah. bigger on its outside than how deep its roots are to yeah. itself. Yep. And so all of that to say is, yeah, like, w- you know, there is no perfect answer, but I think we are trying to answer what is it for us to grow that knowledge in our kids? How is it that we can right. help them yeah. grow deep and wide, mm-hmm. deep and wide, <laughs> deep but you guys didn't click on here to listen to me sing. Uh, but yeah, I think that becomes a question of what do we what do we do with that? I think it's figuring out a whole lot of like giving our child every single resource. Mm. Um, so Sunday school, youth group, like church, and making that a priority. Like I know a lot of families are like, well, we'll go to church when we don't have baseball or when we don't have swim team or when like it's it's a, a filler. It's a filler on Sunday mornings. Um, and granted I grew up in the, you go to church or else, um, belief system, but, but showing the kids that even taking that time and that the community of faith is important and taking time to set aside whether or not you come to church, honestly, but taking time every Sunday and and giving it to God, giving that tithe of time, if you will. Um, is important. And then getting to know other people. Uh, one of the ladies um, that I met in Bahrain, she was the wife of the head of the hospital. Um, but she had said... Not a big deal. No, not at all. Head of the hospital. <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> Lots of clout. Sweet, sweet lady. <laughs> um, she, one of the things she was, she told me a lot was when she had, when her daughter was young, her daughter had grown up and moved out of the house. But when her daughter was young, she prayed a lot that God would bring other women into her life, into her daughter's life who loved God and were there theologically, but maybe did life a little bit differently so that her daughter could see other women living out their faith, not exactly as yeah. her mom did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and and that has stuck with me since since then, and I pray for that for for my daughter Zipporah and my my son Malachi. Honestly, mm-hmm. that they'll have other people. Um, hopefully, one of those people is Wes in the future. Hopefully, um, we'll but see. <laughs> <laughs> he might be on to bigger and greater things by that point. Stop it! I mean, <laughs> great things, bitter, big and great things here at Conifer. That's um, true. But yeah, I think that is an interesting place to sit. Of like. Because I, I think the way that you just described it a little bit makes me think of 
are we having these conversations in the home? Mm, because, mm-hmm. you know, church is a, 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 a time tithe, especially, you know, we've had this conversation. I have the personal belief that our two biggest resources mm-hmm. as human beings is to one money yep. and two is time. Yep. And so in that space, where do we, you know, we tithe our time to the church and we be a part of that church and we're a part of the body as Paul instructs us to be. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But we also have that responsibility within the home to be talking and having those fluid conversations yeah. with our children and even as we host people. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we we experienced whether 2020 opened was was not a fun year. <laughs> like, I remember when everyone was like, oh, I cannot wait to be done with 2020. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, it started off as like, what? I get two weeks of vacation? Awesome. It's uh, fantastic. And, and then, then it all got of a ugly. Sudden, it got real bad. Yeah. <laughs> real, real bad. Anyway. But we also get this conversation of like, we got a lot of interesting places to have conversations with our students and with our, mm-hmm. um, and with our children and with our communities about how to have good, good disagreements or, yeah. yeah. Or, hey, these are injustices and it doesn't matter what side of a political spectrum you can be on, we can all look at this and all unify and say, this is wrong. Yep. And I think that is the space where it's, it's not just escapism, but like it is the ability to sit in the hardship of our lives as parents, as, as, as sons and daughters of Jesus and modeling that to a younger generation to say, Hey, this is life is not easy. <laughs> and if it is blessings on you. And I'm so thankful that you've had, you've yeah. had that because there's nothing wrong with that, but there are struggles that we all are going to face. Yep. And having these good structures of faith and of, of, of understanding this thing that we call the Bible, this word of God, this love letter to humanity mm. is something that is beautiful and ever changing. Yeah. In our lives, the the scripture is not changing. Let me let me <laughs> good, go ahead. Good clarification. Let me let me do that. But I'm also <laughs> saying that it, our life is ever changing, but this is still consistent. And like the yeah. ability to think and to have the structure, because yes. if we if you as a listener view the Bible as a magic eight ball and that you can mm. just shake it and then turn to a certain chapter. My fir- my personal favorite <laughs> book of the Bible is First Opinions. I'm saying that with all sarcasm and satire. I, one I know it's the best. <laughs> And first dating or <laughs> dating chapter one, verse three. Don't be dumb. <laughs> um, but we take some things, you know, the, the Bible will teach us how to think and how to interact yeah. with God. Mm-hmm. And it'll teach us a worldview of what it means to be in love and with Jesus and working in that beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's our goal. Like mm-hmm. that is what we are trying to teach our children. Yeah. Because yeah, no. It's it, just yeah, a, a love for for scripture and um for God and and a trust, I think, a faith that any questions they're going to have um about life or what they should do or shouldn't do they might not find an exact scripture in in dating one about whether or not you date that girl. Um, but they're going to know God well enough that they're going to be able to say, I think this is okay. That they can hear his, that they can hear the Holy Spirit prompt them. Mm-hmm. 
That's it's huge. And react to it. Yeah. And know. Have the courage to act on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we're trying to teach our children here at Conifer. And if you have a student or a child and you're interested about more information from us, feel mm-hmm. free to reach out. Um, you can find all of our contact info on the website again, um, or you can email us. Yeah. But you guys have been with us for the last 30 minutes. And yeah, Amy, do you have any last thoughts or anything that you would want to leave our listeners with on this conversation? I think the only thing that still lingers in my mind is the importance of a life lived. Mm. Um, Kids are constantly watching and they are picking up on everything. And so live your life well in a way that they're going to mimic you and you want them to mimic you. Mm. And it's almost like if you can see them as, as the Jesus in the room, um, that helps a lot. Yeah. That makes sense. hundred percent. I think it's also the reality of, even when your kids aren't watching, they are watching. Oh, 24-7. You think they're not. They're, they're listening from the other room. Even when your husband's snoring very loudly. Uh, <laughs> thank God for sleep apnea machines. Oh, anyway. they are a blessing. <laughs> All blessing. right, ladies and gentlemen, Amy, thank you so much for stopping by and being with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll have to have you on again soon. Yeah. Um, once again, love you guys. We'll see you later. Kisses. Mwah. <laughs>